Hey, New City, this is Nate Claiborne, and I'm here again today with Jonathan Duckett. How are we doing, Duckett? Doing all right, still. We are, well, yeah, still. (laughs) (laughs) We are continuing a conversation that we started last week where we were explaining what is our student community at New City. That's right. Or NCSC, as it's commonly called. And we, we ended off the last episode by kind of talking about who we are, and we just left with the question of who do we think we are to be running this ministry. Right. Uh, maybe the better question is, who does the staff think they are to put us in charge of yes. this ministry? Um, are they out of their minds? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's maybe Time will by, tell. by design. Time will tell. Um, but let's. I figured we could jump into, well, really two things. Why mm. do we think we are qualified to be doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, which to some people might mean, well, you're a warm body, so you're qualified. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're willing, you're in. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the other thing would be, and we alluded to this last episode, of whether or not youth ministry is kind of a junior varsity sport, so to speak. That, sure. You know, you, you really wanted to be a senior pastor somewhere, and you, you just didn't have the chops for it. Right. So, or you're still, like, in training. Or you're still in seminary. Yeah. And so, you know, once you graduate and you get some preaching experience, yeah. well, then we'll let you out of the youth group, and yes. you can go run a church somewhere. Um, but we're here to debunk some of those misconceptions uh, That's right. just about youth ministry in general, but about why we're doing what we're doing in student community in mm-hmm. particular. Yeah. So uh, do you want to go first? you want me to go first? Mm, that's a great question. I mean, you, you're talking so well. I, I just love listening to you. So I think maybe you should go first. Okay. So who, who do I think I am? Who do you think you are? Well, that's a... Mr. Claiborne. Yeah. Don't call me that. <laughs> um, that's my dad, by the way. Um, yeah. So I... I have been involved in student ministry in one form or another uh, probably since, I guess, since my freshman year of college. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this in more detail. Duckett and I actually had the same freshman year experience for the most part in college. We both went to a Bible institute over in Tampa mm-hmm. area. I had more drums in mine, I think. You, you, we did discover that yesterday. You had more drums. The drums were still evil when I was there, and yeah. then by the time you were there. They were still evil when I was there, too, but not drum kits, like the electronic ones. They were fine. Okay, as long as it wasn't an actual like acoustic drum set. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting how these things work. You would think the technological one would be more suspect. because it's, it's Yeah, because it's not... Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, but it, I guess it was it was my summer of my year there, where I worked as a camp counselor mm-hmm. and saw the value of intentional time with students. Mm-hmm. And granted, I'm barely a student at that point myself. I right. was tw- 20, 21. Certainly less qualified than you are now. Certainly, sir. Yeah, just a few steps ahead of these high school kids who were my. Uh, campers for the week. So it was an eight-week summer camp, very mm-hmm. grueling. Um, but I noticed the value of intentional time, the value of uh, just sitting with people sometimes, asking questions, being curious. And it was the beginning of just a general feeling of being called into ministry in sort of an abstract sense. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the second-year program that that school offers, which really is emphasizing missions and youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And I was not particularly interested in missions at that point in my life, um, which is a different podcast we could get into. Um, sure. But I was interested in youth ministry, and um, I was just because of the structure of that school, I was interested in discipleship and saw it as sometimes a missing puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Um, that particular school was very big on evangelism, very big on outreach, very big on conversions and decisions. And as much as that seemed important, it seemed like you couldn't really gauge whether it was a true conversion unless you really went through the process of discipling someone and right. ministering to them or, you know, 
working with them in student ministry for the course of months or years even, mm-hmm. it just didn't seem right to, I mean, granted, if they did truly convert, they did truly convert, but mm-hmm. it's almost like you don't have a way of knowing if you don't disciple them. Yes. And it seemed like they, it was a both and. You need to evangelize and disciple. And it's not just discipleship on the assumption that someone else will take care of the evangelism, but it's also not just evangelism on the assumption that discipleship will just happen if they get plugged into a church somewhere. Right, right. So I got really, I, I felt really passionate about um, discipleship in general, and I also felt called into ministry in particular, but it was still very vague. But I knew one part of that calling was to get further training. So after I finished my undergraduate degree, I moved out to Dallas, Texas, and went to Dallas Seminary for four years, graduated with a degree there, got married during that time, and then moved here to Central Florida 10 years ago this May. Hmm. Um, and yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's crazy to think that that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and later that summer, I got a job teaching at a private school in Winter Park that I mentioned in last episode. And so that was my entry point into youth ministry, even though it was not in a church context, it was very interesting kind of uh, it's a Christian school, so there's a lot of overlapping elements of church with mm-hmm. the school structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been, for the past nine years, I've been the Bible teacher there. So I've been functioning sort of like a youth pastor, but a more academic type. Um, and really realized early on in my time there that I was functionally a lot of these kids' youth pastor, even if I wasn't their youth pastor at church, because either they didn't have a close enough relationship with their youth pastor because mm-hmm. it was a larger church, or they just actually literally spent more time with me during the week than they did with their youth pastor because of classes and lunches and study halls and that sort of thing, or they just weren't part of a church at all. So. Mm-hmm. It helped me to start self-consciously thinking of myself as a kind of non-traditional youth pastor, Mm. teaching the Bible, doing it in a school setting, but I'm actually here to pastor these students. I'm here to care for them as I see needs, as I see Mm. opportunities, as I see, you know, this kid's really struggling with something they need someone to talk to. Like, I can either initiate that or I can just ignore it and they probably won't talk to anyone about it and it won't really go well for them. Mm. Um so that has been kind of my reality for the past 10 years or so. Uh, during that time, I also started working with a college ministry over at mm-hmm. UCF. Um, I'm, I would say it's not just when – when I say student ministry, I'm thinking of 15 to 25. Mm-hmm. So primarily high school and college. Why, why that age? So I, to me, that age is when – well, some of it's autobiographical. Mm-hmm. That was the most significant 10 years of my life. I went from – Graduated high school, went to college, called to ministry, married, started a graduate program. Mm -hmm. Basically, all the trajectories of my life, in some sense, kind of set in that 10-year period. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it seems from just my observations over the last 10 years of teaching that that's a very pivotal time for students as they're developing both in not both, but really in all senses of development. It Mm -hmm. seems like that's the window when a lot of those things happen. we could talk about in in our next podcast, maybe we'll get into some detail about some statistics, but it's the, the common wisdom is that students 
walk away from the faith in college. Like, you know, we did all our, we did it all we could when we raised them well as Christians this whole time when they're in high school and then they went away to the state college and they met an atheist and now they've abandoned now their faith. Yeah, they're just gone. Um, but there's actually some really compelling statistics that say this, the, what we might call the secularization process mm-hmm. tends to happen in high school while yes. kids are still at home. Not in, you see the fruits of it in college, but the, the seeds are planted. The seeds are planted. The perspective shift yes. uh, is happening in high school. And mm-hmm. so I'm, maybe it's some of my gifting is being able to translate very complicated academic material to... 16 year olds Hmm. i don't feel like i have it as well with 12 year olds it's just there's like a lower limit to the connect if i'm trying to teach them to play guitar that's a different story but if i'm trying to explain substitutionary atonement like i can get there with freshmen in high school it's a little trickier seventh and eighth graders yeah but it also my experience for the past several years has been with high schoolers so it's Mm -hmm. like i'm kind of acclimated to a certain level of development um and so that's just kind of where i've been is primarily late high school, early college. Mm. Um, I honestly, I like college students more. Don't, don't tell our student community that, even though they probably listen to this, but I would say this, they actually, and this is, this is true of students I have in school right now and students in student community. Mm. Um, I like high school. I like college students more, not because they're in college, but because the ones that I've tended to stay connected with are eager to learn and grow. Mm -hmm. So it's really that piece. I just see it more in the college age, but I think it's because they're thinking through things in Mm -hmm. a more independent fashion. They're kind of forced to. They're forced to. And so it's really a, I I like students who want to learn and grow and I don't care what age they are, Yes. um, but they tend to be on the older end when they're starting to really think about their career, think Mm -hmm. about going to college in general. To your point about like that age bracket being so significant. And I, I think specifically even college, you could say is one of those, like one of the crucial elements and moments, mm-hmm. like in terms of, um, uh, what do you, what am I trying to think about? Like kind of, I can't think of the word I'm trying to get at. It's like a, a crisis point. If you're going to if you're going to have yeah. one more likely, it's going to be in, in like the first couple of years of college. Yeah. So I say just to, to kind of, not be too lengthy here, but just say that's it's what I felt called to do. And as far as the junior varsity varsity question, I never I went to seminary not wanting to be a senior pastor. I didn't feel like that was my gifting or calling. Yeah. And I felt like student ministry was because I was able to bridge the gap between the cultures, so to speak. Hmm. I was able to have a pretty firm grasp on what's going on in youth culture and then what's going on in the world of biblical studies and theology and able to mm-hmm. connect those two things. I think I do it pretty well. Um, I think you do too. So yeah, I appreciate that. I'll second that. Uh, you'll second. Okay, perfect. Um, so that's that's it. To me, it's not like I'm doing this until another job opens up and I'm able to level up to associate pastor or something right. like that. I'm I'm content continuing to do this for a while. I'm kind of I'm all in on student ministry mm-hmm. given that kind of age bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say this is maybe a little teaser for next episode. I mentioned the 15 to 25 is it's very, it informs a lot of what I do thinking of what a successful 25 year old Mm. Christian adult might look like Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to reverse engineer that down through the grades. Yes. So that's kind of, that's, that's who I am, kind of what I'm about, what I'm interested in seeing happen in our student community. So Mm. Duckett, how about you? Give us, give us the the rundown. (laughs) The rundown. Who do I think I am? Just give me that rundown. That's <laughs> the rundown. I don't know what a rundown is. <laughs> okay, just, just do your best. Just do your best. 
Uh, when, when are you going to have that rundown on my desk? Sorry, we're, uh, we've just devolved into a, an office quoting yeah. marathon here. It was bound to happen. It, eventually. It's like C.S. Lewis and The Office. There you the go. We got both of them right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so it's interesting. Our stories aren't aren't too dissimilar, and in other ways, uh, we are quite different. Um, uh, so I grew up, uh, not to give you my full conversion story, but I did grow up in in a church context. My mom was actually the the sort of um, student uh, or well children's ministry director at her church, uh, the one that I grew up in, uh, and so um, being raised by her, she sort of uh, had a. A, a sort of ready-made volunteer. And I mean, you see that. I mean, you see a lot of our students, even our student ministry, working in City Kids. So it's mm-hmm. not unheard of. Uh, I think that's great, actually. I love to see that happen. Uh, and so that was me. Um, but that was me, like, on a weekly basis. I remember being very young uh, and working with my mom. She was in a nursery setting, and I think she just, I, uh, she at one point, just plopped, like, a screaming baby down on my lap. I said, here, hold this kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more gently than I just made it sound like. But that's my memory of it. Um, and so I always tell folks, like, as soon as I was sort of out of the nursery, I was sort of helping to, to lead it. Uh, and so in some sense, I've been in kind of children's or student ministry as long as I can remember. Uh, and so that that would be a piece to the qualification. Uh, but the really funny thing is that it kind of stuck for some reason. Um, I, you know, when I got a little bit older, I started teaching the children's ministry, like the maybe as if I was in like sixth or seventh grade, I was teaching like the first and second graders, right? So, uh, and I, I mean, and I was full blown teaching, like my mom would give me the lesson plan, I just go in and I teach them. So, so I had like this, uh, this odd exposure to to teaching and to children's ministry, uh, and even at that young age, um, for some reason, it, it it became clear pretty quickly that I had a kind of a knack for it, um, where I was sort of um, I hate to kind of toot my own horn, but since we're doing it, I was sort of out teaching even some of the adults that would would be teaching alongside me. So, um, so I I did seem to have a knack for for this uh, as a thing, uh, and that continued on all through high school, um, and then you're right, we went to the same the same uh, uh, undergraduate degree uh, uh, a Bible Institute and so um, and that and that was where kind of my my exposure to youth ministry in terms of leadership happened so like I experienced a youth group a pretty regular normal youth group mm-hmm. um, interestingly I'm one of I, I wouldn't I don't know what the statistic is of of the people I went to youth group with but I can say with a reasonable amount of confidence that a lot of them are probably not confessing Christians, or if they are, they're like nominal at best. Uh, maybe not all, but I'm sure a, a healthy portion, a pretty statistically average portion. Yeah. Uh, and so I had an, a, a normal youth group experience in that sense, um, and then went to went to this uh, Bible college and um, was a counselor at the same summer camp, different years obviously, but the same summer camp, went to the same second year program. Um, I don't know that I ever had a strong sense of like, oh, I need to do youth ministry. Uh, my sense of calling um, was uh, was very gradual. There was almost like a gradient. I um, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I do, and I know that I do it well. Sometimes I wonder, do I enjoy it because I do it well, or do I enjoy it on mm. its own? It's hard to kind of extrapolate and, and distinguish. Um, but as I've thought more about it, oh, well, before I get there, let me say after that experience uh, at the Bible college, finishing my undergraduate degree, uh, continued. I, I didn't go straight into seminary. There was about a four-year period where I wasn't quite sure what my next step was. Uh, had a couple of different things, but throughout that time, I was actually substitute teaching. Uh, and so uh, I did still experience like the teaching element uh, and a, a couple of those 
um, schools that I would substitute for were Christian schools. Uh, and so there was, and I would substitute in Bible classes and that sort of thing. And so uh, I did have kind of a lot of exposure still to, to students. And um, I don't know that I saw myself as a pastor per se, but even in those uh, contexts, I remember uh, I would get calls and, and emails from teachers saying, hey, my student, I'm leaving next week. My students have specifically asked that you would come and, and be their sub. Uh, so there was clearly some kind of a gifting there. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really did enjoy it. Um, and so Eventually, though, that, that I, I was, I ended up um, through God's providence uh, at RTS, Reformed Theological Seminary, where I'm just about to finish. Uh, and so uh, really excited to finish the uh, Master's, uh, Master's of Divinity program there. Uh, and, and the question of what, I'm go- what am I going to do next keeps coming up. And, and I am actually going to continue on and do another program of study uh, with a counseling degree. But the reason I'm doing that is because uh, I do feel a sense of calling, uh, not so much to students. In fact, I've thought about this a lot. Um, I find it kind of historically um, – distinctive about our age, that we sort of compartmentalize ministry into ages and age mm-hmm. segregation. Uh, like historically, that that hasn't been a thing, certainly wasn't a thing to Jesus or the disciples. Uh, like the way that we kind of do ministry and think about that, that's that's pretty 20, 20th, 21st century. Like the idea of a youth group even, like that's a relatively new phenomenon. That's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, yeah. uh, but it's a new thing. And so uh, like we don't have a lot of history and, and like church fathers to kind of t- talk about it. Um, we have a lot of stuff and material on like how to disciple children, and, and but not a lot of like age segregation, like, hey, we're going to kind of partition off the, 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 the teenagers while they're sort of hormonal and trying to develop, and we're going to let them do their own thing, and that way they don't have to disrupt the kind of main goings on at the church. Like, that's that's a new thing, and yeah. I sort of demonize it a little bit there, so you can probably get a sense for how I feel about it, but... Um, with all of that said, I, I've come to realize, and this is why I'm kind of going into this counseling degree, degree that I'm going to pursue, uh, I feel a strong calling um, to discipleship. So we share that in common, uh, certainly. Uh, but the discipleship that I feel really called towards is is actually family, um, which is, uh, and that, uh, it would take a lot longer for me to unpack that, and I don't want to do it here. But um, we, we've, got an, we've got another episode to work with. We have, yeah. Plenty of time, but with that said, I feel called towards families. I feel called to uh, to to. I don't. It's harder. It's harder to when you when you try to talk about it, it becomes harder and more muddled and muddy. But uh, it's something like I I think in in sense that the the general um, the general experience of individuals is in the United States in the West is one of not belonging, um, and. I think one of the reasons for that is because we um, we've lost community and we've lost family, uh, even families that are healthy and whole, which is statistically the minority. Uh, they're still overburdened, stretched, and thin, and oftentimes miserable and lonely. And so, uh, so there's this there's this significant pastoral need that I sense and feel very strongly. Uh, and that I want to have some part in in addressing. I don't expect to, you know, solve any problems. Mm-hmm. But if I can sp- sort of spend my life 
and 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 service to to that need, I, f- I feel like I'll I'll have accomplished what I've been put here to do. Uh, and a big part of that is working with children and with with students. Um, I, I I'm if I want to model my ministry after Jesus, I look at who he spent a lot of his time with. He spent a lot of his time with young people in that formative stage. We've even talked about how the disciples, or at least some of them, were more than likely teenagers when he called them. Uh, and so clearly, this is on Jesus's mind. Um, in my experience, I've found my, at least in this present iteration of it, my niche, it seems to be kind of starting at fourth grade up until about high school. So college, it hasn't necessarily been a part of what I've done yet. Mm-hmm. It could very well be. Uh, but up until this point, you know, you said like your lower limit seems to be kind of like 15, 14. Like I seem to be able to, to do what you do, but with the younger ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so, and I love it. I've even said lots of times that my favorite thing that I've gotten to do in seminary is work in the fourth and fifth grade ministry at New City. And so um, <laughs> it's funny, you prefer college students. I seem to prefer fourth and fifth graders. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's it's interesting to note here that it's, it's definitely a part of our backgrounds. Like mm-hmm. you did children's ministry. I yeah. never did children's ministry. It's true. And essentially when I started into youth ministry, it was actually st- what we would consider student ministry mm-hmm. and college ministry. Cause right. one of the big years for me was when I was a, they called him a unit leader. Mm-hmm. And so I was overseeing work crews, which were college, which students. were the leaders of those were college mm-hmm. students. And yeah. I was, you know, a year ahead of them basically, but I, it was, yeah. I actually did that same job. Yeah. And so we had the same, so yeah, I guess I did do a little bit of college ministry. Yeah. If, if we're calling it that. Yeah. I, um, keep going though. You had, you had... <laughs> well, I mean, I'm getting to the end. You know, I, I think that um, if I if I round it off and summarize by saying, like, I feel very called to ministry to to families. Like, I don't I don't think that you and I ought to replace parents. Mm-hmm. I think you and I ought to serve parents, and I think you and I ought to be able to equip them. Now. I, with that said, like that doesn't mean we're just kind of shoving off all of our students and their needs to the parents. No, like there's a pastoral element to what we're trying to do, and there and there are some real ways in which the the students may be able to talk to us that's uh, that they may not be able to talk to their parents in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a difference in relationship that's helpful, and so that's what we're here to do. I think is to kind of serve that third place and that third piece, maybe meeting the students in a place their parents can't, but an adult in a in a, a spiritual authority needs to be able to be there to care for them for, yeah. that's responsible and qualified Who's to Who's built do that. a relationship through community yes, over time. Absolutely. So that that care piece, I think, is what we'll, we'll dig into in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to, as you were talking, I realized I left out a piece of mine, and it's actually a nice kind of unifying, here's where we're kind of coming at things together. We both had the experience, uh, well, I, get, I should give my piece first. I never thought of myself as a teacher, even mm. though four years... Uh, yeah. By the time I was in college, I had been teaching private music lessons for several years at that point. So I've been mm-hmm. literally like working as a teacher and mm-hmm. not thinking of myself as a teacher. And at that school that we both went to, I was affirmed by one of the professors with a gift of teaching. Mm. Um, and it was really in a roundabout sort of way, because it wasn't as if I was exercising the gift at school. I was just making study notes for our classmates. Mm. And he thought I had gotten a hold of his tests because the study notes had like 90% of the tests in them. Mm. And so he thought somehow I figured out a way to cheat. And I was like, no, I just looked at your notes and kind of gathered that this, 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 and this were going to be on the test because they seemed important. Yeah. And was almost reverse engineering <laughs> his exams. And he's I like, you that. might have the gift of teaching. You should think about going to seminary. And I was like, what's a seminary? <laughs> and then that was, was like, n- wasn't even on my horizon up until mm. that point. But you were affirmed in a similar way with yep. uh, 
you're teaching in children's ministry, mm-hmm. you're doing better than some of the adults. You're getting this opportunity to teach in private school. Mm-hmm. We both have that kind of t- the students like us in private school settings, and so we, we're requested. Um, and so we both were teachers, and we both were passionate about discipleship. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the main place those two things really intersect in a local church tends to be youth ministry, youth ministry yep. because it's more teaching than preaching. Because mm-hmm. I'm able to teach, prepare a lesson, but it's way more interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, discipleship to me, it always feels like it's a younger, you're, you're looking towards someone younger mm-hmm. the, in the faith that you can yeah. bring alongside. And you have this whole section of the church that is primed for it in mm-hmm. some case. And so mm-hmm. if that's what you're passionate about and gifted in, this is the place you do ministry. And I think that may be why for both of us, there's not a sense of, well, you know, once something better comes along, it's like, right. well, this is the two things that I'm really passionate and called to, and yeah. this is where they take place. Mm-hmm. So how can I do this to the best of my ability given yeah. this environment that Absolutely. I'm in? Absolutely. I think that's right. I think for, you know, as as you talk and I think reflecting on my own experience, I had a similar moment at, at, at our Bible college where I, it wasn't from a – well, actually, I did get some good feedback from professors about my ability in terms of academics and teaching. Um, I, I remember two instances. One um, – it was kind of during camp and it was the first week of camp. And I remember my unit leader at the time, uh, he was sort of blown away by how I was with the students. And for me, it it was just natural and normal to be that way. I was, and I found myself excited and energetic. I guess they were surprised. They didn't see it coming from, from me. Uh, and so they, they affirmed it then. Uh, I also remember in the second year, um, we were doing some stuff with uh, with language and specifically with diagramming, which mm-hmm. I had learned diagramming in, in high school, which, but most people don't do that anymore. And we were diagramming Paul, which if you know Paul's writing, he's just insane. He doesn't know what a period is. Yeah. And so um, I remember the rest of the student body, they were completely mystified as to how to do this. And so I remember being in the library and having a literal line of people who were waiting to come. And so I could help them with our diagramming homework. And so moments like that, where you kind of start to see like, okay, this is, this is where kind of external and internal calling start to become a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all of that to say, you know, I don't think of yeah, I don't think of my ministry in the future as like, certainly this is not a stepping stone. Like I've seen this as I've actually felt sort of sensitive um, about what I'm doing now because it's like, hey, like, am I am I really qualified to do this now before I'm I'm kind of fully graduated from seminary and stuff? But and so I've been so so glad to be able to have the, these experiences. But I don't I don't anticipate at least not soon trying to step into something else. Uh, like I'll do this as long as as folks will let me do this um, because it's so it really does. Uh, it scratches an itch, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it, there's something to what we get to do, and get to do is I chose those words carefully. Like yeah. we get to do this. Um, there's something about what we get to do that is supremely satisfying. Um, and when I think about kind of the upper, like, sort of like the the more general sense of what a pastor is, it's like, well, the stuff that I want to do as a pastor, the stuff that I think a pastor ought to be doing, in some very real ways, is actually more doable and realistic in a student ministry than in than in like executive pastoral roles yeah uh and so i have no desire or ambition to to try to be kind of the main guy in that Mm -hmm. sense um i'm very eager to and happy and content to to sort of be the the one who's serving families and students as long as they'll have me yeah 
Well, it's good chatting with you, Duckett. Yes, I think sir, I think listeners will enjoy kind of this uh, behind the scenes look at what goes into student community. And we'll yeah. look forward to next time where we're really going to dig in a little bit more on some of these threads that we've brought up about care mm-hmm. and about the age bracket that we're discipling and why it's so pivotal and then kind of our philosophy of well why is student community the way it is why is it not like a worship service and maybe why we'll talk it... more about our experiences like in high school or in other youth groups that mm-hmm. have sort of formulated kind of our opinions and, and convictions about about why we do those things too yeah well until next time sounds good all right <laughs>